Ladies and gentlemen, grab your drinks and popcorn. Terry's feature is about to begin. Welcome to Celluloid Codswallop. Hello and welcome to this week's Celluloid Codswallop and for this week's episode we are going to be discussing a very, very interesting film. We are returning to the world of fashion which is what happened when we were reviewing the miniseries Holston. But on this week's episode we are reviewing a film called The House of Gucci and I think we're going to have a very interesting discussion. I am joined by someone who, it's very interesting, those uh, to describe the relationship we have is, is a, it's going to be an interesting thing for the salty tab bowls because you know those times when you look in your phone and you find a number and you don't recognize who the number belongs <laughs> to so so you send them a text saying oh it's great i've just found i've got your number uh and i got probably one of the nicest responses ever to to instead of just like the usual you know who the hell is this i don't know i got a very nice response from my wonderful lovely co-host joanne which was that's grand but who is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was actually i was actually out having a meal with uh, team moist my, my buddies and um uh, it came through and i went um, i have no fucking idea who this is <laughs> i was relieving that and i went still don't know who it was <laughs> It's, I mean, you could. It's, it's like you know, I, you, you could respond with the thing of, oh, how soon they forget. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I actually did say to them, I said, it's got to be a man, and I bet you right now they're insulted that my knickers didn't fall off. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I was uh, with that knowledge that you've now given me. There is a level of insult where it does it does hurt somewhat. Um, <laughs> it was what amused me more is that neither of us actually knew we had each other's phone numbers. No, I I mean it didn't come up. Your your number was a store. I stored, changed my phone about six months ago, but mm-hmm. generally mm-hmm. speaking, it's not like the old days with the, the old Nokia bricks where you had to <laughs> type in every bloody phone number that you had. Sorry, folks, those of you that are like a lot younger than us. Yes, it used to have used to happen, and that wasn't really that long ago. Um, and so I don't know why when I, I, were, I didn't port your name over with the number, it was weird. It's all right. Well, I've I've saved you in the phone now. But the thing that I don't understand is I didn't have any idea. And this is not against you, John. You know I love you, <laughs> but I had no idea that the I have all your other contact details, but I had no idea I had the number in there. So I was confused. But I've just thought of something that you mentioned i changed my phone so it could be something to do with that it who knows but we we've got contact with each other anyway yeah <laughs> i thought there's another way for james to stalk me now on yeah you've got to love when i'm asked the question of who i am the clue i gave <laughs> the clue yes. i gave you is a good one yeah had to be miami vice had to be oh, yes yeah i thought Which, is that James? And I thought, you see if this is somebody else that I've known for yunks ago and and who's maybe been, let's just say, inappropriate in some way. 
And now they sent me a message and I call them another name. I thought this could go really, really badly. <laughs> you could be somebody who I get a stream of abuse. What do you mean? It's not blah, blah, blah. It's such and such and so and so. I'm thinking, mm, let's see how this one goes. So I was really relieved when you came back and said, yes, that's right. It's James. I thought, oh, thank goodness for that. Because I get some really weird messages through sometimes. Yes. Not just from me. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're, sure, you're, sure, you're sure always welcome. Some of them are just thinking, oh. What do you want me to say to that? <laughs> Just because you dress up, some people get funny ideas. You yeah, you have mentioned that to me in the past before. I remember that, um, that you can meet some very unique people. But I like the fact that we've mentioned Mammy Vice, because Mammy Vice was a big thing of fashion at the time, which moves us perfectly on to the film The House of Gucci. And interestingly, when, when looking at this film, uh, you and I discussed this very early on, probably in the same kind of vein of when we watched Holster, which is we saw the trailer and thought, this looks really good. And I remember the conversation we had with each other, which was, well, basically saying this would be a really good follow on to Holster mm-hmm. review. The other interesting thing that I can link it into uh, to Holster was a conversation you and I had when we reviewed Holster, which was that. The Holston perfume was one that I remember my mother having when I was uh, as a child uh, using. And I have a, a memory uh, of her having a few Gucci handbags. So it all kind of meets in the middle yeah. somewhere with me. Hmm. Yes, the perfume still intrigues me. I still love to sniff that perfume. I think it would just be because Halston, I still have so much love for that series. I thought yes. it was absolutely fantastic. Now, I was on the Banterflix podcast and I did a very quick review of Gucci. And mm-hmm. I did mention about Holston in it. They, they cut some bits out because mm-hmm. I probably waffled on for too long. So they had to cut bits out and probably the bits that are left in. I still don't look any saner than <laughs> they probably. Um, I still look insane. I said a lot more insane things. And those were probably about the best bits they're going to get. But I did mention the Holston series because as a recommendation, because I thought it was great. I'm almost scared to say. I think everybody's gone who's listened to this will figure out very early on what my thoughts are on Gucci mm. compared to Holston. What what I will say that's great on this Salty Tab Bowls is the fact that Joanne doesn't forget about us as just a podcast. I mean, she's hit the heights of being on TV. She's been Ooh. on a TV show discussing this, but she still will come back and spend time with little, little old me, even when she doesn't know who I am on messages. So, <laughs> Well, let's face it, I kind of shafted you, as it were, last Friday. Um James, can you go and do this podcast in Halston? Because I've lost my wallet and I'm completely distracted. I don't really want to sit and talk to people that night as my friend is wrecking her house looking for my wallet. It was a welcome message, though, because when the thing was beeping, I'm going to be honest, because, again, I'm honest with, with, this, with the Solace Tab Pod. I'm honest with you uh, uh, and Jim when I told you. I thought it was somebody else ringing me. So I was sat in my study going, for fuck's sake, stop fucking <laughs> ringing. And then... And when I looked at it, I was like, ah, it's Joanne. Excellent. That's that's a welcome phone call. So that was good. But I thought it was something else ringing me where I was like, God damn it, stop ringing. I've been there. So uh, you, you can look out for James because I'm sure you'll share it anyway. James will be on the Banterflex podcast. That's one. That's a local one to Northern Ireland discussing the House of Gucci. Mm, but let's not detract from what we're going to be discussing here. So I... It's an interesting story. It's based on a real life story. And the cast itself is a very interesting cast. And I remember when I first ever saw this 
anything to do with this? I was like, this is this a TV? Is it like going to be like Holster? Is it going to be a small uh, miniseries set up for it? But it, it's a big, giant, epic film done by Ridley Scott. And it's got a great cast. In, obviously, Lady Gaga is in there. Uh, Adam Driver. Jeremy Irons is in it. Al Pacino. Uh, who else? We've got Jared Leto. It's, I mean, the Salma cast. Hick. Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek, yeah. Yep. The cast is like a knock-your-socks-off cast for this film. Um, what did you think of the cast they put together on this? Were you impressed by it in just the, the sheer grouping of the cast? Uh, um, it didn't really matter to me in some ways who the cast was because I didn't really enjoy the movie. Ooh, and I know that you ooh, see... And, and I was... The knife yeah. is in early. Now that's a, the that's knife's a, in early. That, so, oof. actually, to be honest, I think mm-hmm. a cast that wasn't recognisable. Well, Jared Leto definitely wasn't recognisable because <laughs> I didn't even know that was him, even though he was he was one of the only favourite characters of mine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a cast that wasn't that wasn't well known mm-hmm. might have actually been better for this movie. To be perfectly honest. My, I mean, my my fear is that when the years hit me, uh, when I get older, that I will end up looking like Jared Leto's uh, character in this film. Yeah, if I end up looking like Paolo Gucci, uh, it, uh, yeah, if I end up like that, you know, I just tell me to shave my head. Um, it's see the film to do a. I mean, it is based on a real event. Obviously, people know the house of Gucci, who they are, uh, in the sense of the the, the, the business itself, uh, the, the the clothing line. And it's interesting when you take a look look at what happened to this and where they were coming from, because this film is sort of looking in the 70s and going, I think, into the 80s and possibly into the 90s. It's showing a transformational period for Gucci, because really, they were, at the start of this film, they're quite a they're, they're a known brand, they're a love brand, but they're a very they are of their time. They are frozen in what they do. Mm-hmm. And Al Pacino's character, Aldo Gucci, does not want to make changes to, to what the product is. Um, it's a fair assumption to say when this film begins, because uh, Patricia uh, uh, Reggiani, who is Lady Gaga's character, is, is an outsider to all this. She comes from quite a humble uh, family. Uh, the family, the, the they run a, I think it's a shipping business, uh, a transportation business. Uh, and you would think the Gucci family would not be someone who she would have access to. But in the case of Maurizio Gucci, who is Adam Driver's part, uh, he doesn't really want the family, does he? He's not that interested in being part of this giant dynasty uh, um, uh, clothing and, uh, you know, uh, I think it's perfect as well. They do manufacturing uh, business. It's not that interesting, but they meet at a party. Yeah. I mean, all I could think of was this is the time that Kylo Ren and Lady Gaga set up a <laughs> fashion empire and it really went very badly wrong for them. I, I, I could not get beyond Kylo Ren. All I could see yeah. was this big nose and huge glasses for two hours and 50 minutes. It, it was Big nose and huge glasses. I have no no objection to big nose. My nose is hardly small, but it was just and dodgy hair. And I, oh no, <laughs> I just didn't. Uh, whenever they met, right, they meet at the party. 
And to mm. me, there's about, well, Lady Gaga just comes across as complete looper. Uh, yeah. Once she realizes who he is, it's like, ooh, the target sets in and she's like, oh, money. Yes. But yes. he's just, his acting is, a ter- is terrible to me But all the way through the, this movie. The interesting thing for a while on this film, though, is that you kind of got, I could be wrong, but was it kind of like a feeling that she almost didn't know who he was or who was big and important as he was? Because was he trying to not keep a real distance? Uh, yeah. Um it's you're not sure whether she genuinely doesn't know who he is to start mm. off with or whether she realizes early on who he is and that's why she stalks him to the library. Yeah, now yeah, I think there is an element of that that she probably doesn't want to sink a clause in. So you probably are right. So backtrack on my earlier comment. I will say the the suavish looking guy in this is probably Jeremy Irons uh character. Um who is um he's if i'm correct Maurizio's father isn't he? he's rodolfi gucci but yes. his accent is just weird in this it does oh, not feel no. it's see I, I love jeremy irons he's weird but i love him as an actor mm-hmm. but his accent ability seems to be really weird in a lot of the stuff he does because what surprisingly his accent wasn't too bad in uh when he was in the TV show Watchmen. But he was yes. in a film called Margin Call and his accent was sliding all over the place. It was weird. Yeah, I, th- I think this, with the problem with Jeremy Irons is Jeremy Irons is Jeremy Irons in a Jeremy yes. Irons production. Yes. And he's always <laughs> Jeremy Irons. And, and people say that about um uh, Robert De Niro and who's in this funny enough uh, and oh gosh you, who else did they say but you, you mean Al Pacino Robert De Niro isn't in this that's film. right I yeah, was it's all right <laughs> they're and, interchangeable and, in my head those two boys yeah uh, and, and, for, and for the fun of it I'm going to be honest with you I'm not editing that out <laughs> no don't no that's just me making a dick of myself and uh, so yeah he yeah they're just interchangeable they're kind of that era you know the great actors mm-hmm. and I just thought <sighs> No, Jeremy, it's it's not working, son. I, I mean, I've talked about accents. They definitely this cast, particularly Gaga and Kylo Ren, they went to the Super Mario School of Acting. <laughs> I honestly, I expected at any point to go, "Hey, Luigi, hey Mario," and then to run along and it would have been boxes of Gucci shoes, you know, that they were banging their heads mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm. Because the accents were terrible. They see, were absolutely awful. <laughs> see, I don't... See, I, I will be... Uh, uh, for Lady Gaga, she was better than I thought she would be in this. Because yes. I, her original... The first thing I ever saw her on, uh, and I did mention this on the Bandflix uh, pod, the first thing I ever remember seeing her in acting-wise was when she was in Sin City, um, Sin City sequel. And she was only in it for a very short space of time, but she wasn't particularly good in it, so I had low expectations of her work. But in this, I, I really, really was impressed. I'm going to be honest, in this film, and I've always liked her, I fancied the pants off her in this. <laughs> now, 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 whether there's something wrong with me that I, I want some woman who's going to completely mistreat me, um, <laughs> what it says about me, my personality, I don't know, but I really fancied her in this. So uh, I, I, I think, yeah, I think I you want need a to just stick to fighting a, do- a good dom, James, because at least yeah. you've got a safe word there, and you know that she's not going to finally turn around and, and get you killed. Yes, I agree. Actually, Lady Gaga was very good. 
it was just the accent was atrocious. I, I was reading something on Wikipedia earlier that apparently the voice coach for the film was a bit disappointed because Gaga kept sounding more Russian than, than Italian to her. Mm. So she didn't quite nail it right. But I mean, she does come across. She plays crazy really well, Gaga. Yes. She plays manipulative and crazy extremely well. I'll give her cra- Of the two actors, uh, mm-hmm. Adam Driver was not very good. I thought he I've was extremely yeah. bland. I have to agree. It really does feel, watching this film, that he kind of dialed it in. Now, but the yes, interesting thing it? is, but the interesting thing is, he came off another Ridley Scott production, I believe, straight onto this, which he came off the. Is it? Oh God, what's it called? That is it, the last jewel or something? The, the he, one he played that, a Frenchman, didn't he, or something? Yeah. I'm reading earlier. He came off that to make this film, but I mean, the beauty of this film that, that's interesting is, um, and to completely, normally what John and I do on the lot of review, we'll do a, a scene by scene, but it's quite difficult on this one because a, I can't watch it, and b, it's a, it's not something that's conducive to do. It's a long film. I oh, still want to do, I still want to do that with um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I want to do a complete breakdown with you, but it would take probably with the way <laughs> we will discuss films, probably about you know like eight or nine weeks for us to do that. But I am going Gemma would to say, fucking kill us. Yeah, she I am going to say, I'm going to say I can give you a DC connection on this film because we always try and find out. The obvious one is Jeremy is? Irons, Alfred. Well, yes, that's the big one. Yeah, that's the big the one. There's Watchmen. There's there's when he played Alfred in the you know Batman vs Superman. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the most obvious one. <laughs> Yeah, the obvious one. I mean, I was giving you that, Joanne. I was hoping you'd get the fact that I said that initially, but it's all right. I like the fact you went to Watchmen. Um, what else could we do as a good link? Well, we can obviously do a comic book link with stuff like, to a degree, Adam Driver with Star Wars. You've got Lady Gaga and the Sin City, Dame to Kill for stuff. Is there anybody else we can do a comic book or DC link to? Was Jared Leto not the Joker? Oh, I want to hug you. How did I forget that? Yeah, How did I forget it. that? How did I forget that? Jared Leto, of course. Yeah, I'm a. I'm sure I said to to uh, to Gemma about this that I could find more DC links. But you're right. So we've got Jared Leto as the Joker. We've got um, you know, Jeremiah as Alfred. So we found the DC link. Our souls are saved. Well, mine is. I and obviously, have, there's Robert De Niro as Superman. <laughs> Uh, if Robert De Niro's in this, you'd be all right because Robert De Niro, <laughs> you could make is the fact that he's also in the Joker. So, but he's not in this. It's Al Pacino. <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward. As well. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the end of this when we give this marks out of ten because if this is where we are now, by the end of it. <laughs> oh gosh, I mean it's two hours and fifty fucking minutes long. I thought, would somebody please rescue me now? Because this film. Yeah. Never ends. It never I, ends. I swear it's still I, going on. It's still playing somewhere. <laughs> I am disappointed by the fact that I mentioned giving it marks out of ten, and Joanne did yes. not rub with my obvious joke. I did no. I think I'm having uh, some sort of like a Nam type flashback to this film of the horror <laughs> that I went through, thinking this this is just holy shit. Why is this not Halston? 
See, I did like the the visualization of this one because to to give uh, the salted apple some idea, the it obviously revolves around a fashion brand. You have Lady Gaga's character who comes from humble stock, and as you said, Joanne, probably says to herself, "Right, this guy's got loads of money. I'll get with him. It'll it'll be great." Initially, doesn't like stuff's going to happen because he basically doesn't want to be involved with the family. Adam Driver, he wants to go work at her uh, trucking business, well, a family trucking business, um, and he does have to go and work there. Now, because he goes to Lady Gaga's character, Gareth's father, and basically asks for a hand. Now, the work at the trucking place, now, supposedly, I was prepared expecting some like amazing sex scene in this film because Graham Norton, when he interviewed them both, had said what a great sex scene it was. Which is where they have sex in, like the the party cabin. Yeah, sorry, was, I went there. <laughs> I mean, it was it was an okay sex scene, but didn't exactly knock my socks off. Oh no, I think my virginity grew back again after that. That was just there was no there's no spark between the two actors. I don't think I mean, at all. I'll say for the sex scene it had an element of real. It was realistic. Yeah, hmm. I, I don't know how we've seen as being so wonderful, but I. What I do, what I did like on this film is when you're looking at the Gucci family, because the, the lot of them are mad as a box of frogs. Whether it's because they've got all this money, but like when you see them playing, is it like touch football and they're beating the crap out of each other? There's no gen- <laughs> there's no gentleness to this at all. No, there, there really wasn't, and uh, it, it's funny, like because the film does swing kind of from camp, yes, to just dreary. Um. Yeah, and and even Tom Ford had watched it. He said it was like surviving through a hurricane watching the movie. Well, he he's um, portrayed in it, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And he's portrayed reasonably well. But you're right because this film, like, if we look at the way it initially starts out, and I'm not going to keep doing names. I don't want to maul the pronunciations, etc. Of the, the the people it's based on, but it's based on real people. And you're seeing that. To be fair, Lady Gaga's character, as you said, really is scheming. Because um, she she ingratiates herself into the family, and she tries to kind of motivate each of them to do something on her behalf. But you have the promise that the, the patriarchal run of this the, the firm is through Al Pacino's character. Who basically, he stayed in the way he does things, and he's saying it will be my way or, or nothing else. Um, Jeremy Irons' character dies. He's I think it's Cantry dies of, isn't it? Because he looks progressively more and more unwell as the film goes on. Yeah. He plays he 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 his character that once had I think been an actor. Yes, that's right. He had been an actor years before. And right enough, Pablo um, Gucci he compliments him on his cheekbones, and I thought then I thought, oh, there's that's man's dying of cancer. That's why he's mm-hmm. so thin. Yeah. Because he progressively gets thinner and thinner. I mean, he's thin to begin mm-hmm. with, he gets thinner and thinner. But, I mean, his son, um, who, oh, God, you got to refresh my memory. Jared Leto's character was Al Pacino's son, is that right? He was indeed, yes. He was the and sort he, of, thought of as, as the idiot son, the one without the talent. <laughs> I, felt, I felt kind of sorry for him. Now, apparently he wasn't that bonkers in real life. He was eccentric, but Jared Leto had certainly portrayed him mm-hmm. as well over the top. Uh, the only thing about it was that I kind of en- I enjoyed his scenes more because I thought he was interesting to watch. Mm. No, finally, there was a character that was worth watching. And to be honest, for me, I'm not Italian, can't speak it. He sounded more realistically Italian, I think, mm. than the other ones, <laughs> particularly Jeremy Irons. Mm. 
I mean, the, the, the sad thing when you're looking at Leto's character in this is that he wants to be or to feel as important as the other, pe- the other family members, and he's not feeling that. And the scene that I felt incredibly sorry for him is where he's showing Jeremy Irons' character, he's saying, look at what I produce, he's going, and Jeremy Irons' character is going, oh, yes, you've got something, you've got something. You know, has anyone else sort of seen this stuff? And he's basically telling tell you know, you get the impression he's going to be saying, right, this is great, we can produce something, you know, it'll, it'll rival any other works that the family are doing, and he basically says to me, stuff's crap, the colours are all wrong. And it's, he doesn't you like do browns. For, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, Jeremy Arndt doesn't like browns and pastels. I mean, what I will say when you think about this film is, for the cast, they must have lungs of iron in this film because the sheer number of people which ages it, the sheer number of people smoking in this film is unbelievable. But you, you see this uh, this interesting thing where, again, really, and it it becomes more apparent as the film goes on. Lady Gaga's the lady she plays is really the real black widow, isn't she? Because she sinks her claws in. She wants to get a level of control. And she's saying to Adam Driver's character, you know, the stuff they're doing, it's crap. It's nonsense. The The family is too much in the past. Um, we've got to take the reins of this and make something happen. And at one stage, and this to me is someone who works, I'll, I'll buy, you know, although I'm low down the pecking order in finance, I found this idea very interesting when it turns out that, once Jeremy's character has died, they're saying, right, well, we will look at the shares that are held. And it turns out that he's not actually signed the shares. So there's no ownership of them, no ownership of the company. So it would then turn out that basically they would have to buy everything out, which is like financially impossible for them. So mm-hmm. the real knife you know the shouting of the knives begins when um if i remember you served me right lady gaga basically says well we're gonna have to go to al pacino to the guy who's running the show to get ourselves drawn in uh into his world because we can have more impact we can bring them forward yeah i think as well too that she was probably able to to wrote to sort of hook Kylo Ren a wee bit more because she became pregnant. Yeah, that's so true. Suddenly, yes. Yeah, the motivation is don't just do it for me, do it for the future of our daughter. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, do it for the future of our unborn child, which turns out mm-hmm. to be the daughter. But I think, well, this is how she's portrayed in the film as to whether she was actually like that or not, because I have seen criticisms leveled against the film that it was, deli- you know, that it's been set up, the, the Skyven woman, it's all her fault. Mm-hmm. You know, just targeting her in particular. Maybe it was hard to know. We weren't there, but uh, and she did, or after all, have her husband killed. So maybe it's completely right. Yeah. But if uh, you, if, if her motivations seen, are if, extremely if, clear. If you've not seen this film, Salty Tadpoles, uh, we're, we're going to spoil the bejesus out of it and tough. And you could find out if you did send a Google search anyway. We are doing a, a, a wonderful review of it. I think it became more interesting for me and probably where I started to fancy her even more is that when we shifted to the 80s, uh, I like the 80s, so I also like the 80s look. I think the cast started to look a little better stylized uh, when they hit the 80s because some of the 70s stuff just, I thought it looked god-awful. Um, it also scares me, thinking back to this film, how much some of the 80s fashion is actually coming back. The bad 80s fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, and of course they bring in the 80s music. I think New Order, Blue Monday is, is somewhere in it. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. only thing, the way they actually, they kind of just threw the music at the film. 
if it yeah. wasn't opera, I mean, which was, there was an awful lot of stereotypical stuff here. How mm-hmm. Europeans, or sorry, how the rest of the world possibly fuse Italians. They're mm-hmm. gangsters, they listen to opera, and in the 80s, randomly, uh, music just appears from nowhere. There, <laughs> there's one scene, and I thought, where's where's that music coming from? I think it might have been the Eurythmics, or it was New Order, I can't remember, but I thought, is something coming in from somewhere else? Am I hearing music from somewhere? Because it just seemed to completely dominate the scene. But it, it was kind of, I, I at times wasn't sure what what decade I was in initially mm. at the start, mm. because it almost felt more 60s than late 70s to start off mm-hmm. with, just the way it was shot and the colours, and it reminded me of some of the the older Italian movies, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite a nice homage to start off with, but then I didn't realise it was actually set in the very late 70s. Mm-hmm. Before then, you, then you go into the 80s and it sort of establishes itself possibly a bit more in terms of how it looks and you see the fashions coming in because the, the 80s, it's always, it's a big thing in films, it's a big thing yeah. in movie. You know, it, it was once, once, once the 70s because of the flares and things and now mm-hmm. the 80s seems to be the, let's look at the 80s. But then in some ways, the 80s, much more exciting fashion as well mm-hmm. to look at than, yeah. than what we have now where everybody kind of want to look the same. It was an interesting thing also that I was thinking back to this film when you saw the difference between the way the actual Gucci family lived. Because if you looked when there was, because obviously what happened is, you know, Gaga's character basically said, right, we're going to, you know, the the company's failing. She gets her husband in there. She gets, um, she basically, they they find out that um, what's the one thing you'll always be pulled up on? the most inevitable things in life, death and taxes. And they find out that um, basically uh, the character played by Al Pacino, which is Al, uh, I, I pulled his name up because I will say this, Aldo Gucci running it, he's not paying his taxes. They dob him in, so they dob their own family in to the police to get him on that. He's pulled in while playing a uh, squash match. So um, slightly shocked by that moment. Yeah, I mean, because what happens is that basically he's, uh, you know, um, Leto's character. I don't know. Now, I would like your take on this, John. Is Leto's character doing this out of spite or is he doing this because he's maybe not the sharpest knife in the knife drawer um, that he mentions it? Is he doing it to get him, do you think? I I think what he really wants is he's been fooled by... Our two main characters. He's definitely they, they've pulled the wool over his eyes, particular, particularly um, what's her name, Gaga. I'm, I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce her names because I forget them as I go. Patricia. Uh, I Patricia, think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's been fooled particularly by her because she's in the movie. She's quite cunning. She's definitely sociopathic narcissist, and she's fooled him. And my kind of woman. Mom. My kind yeah, of woman. Yeah, exactly. Without the safe word, and uh, so. <laughs> She's also fooled him because she sent him, because don't forget, she goes to visit him and says, oh, your designs are amazing. They should be out there. And so she plays to his ego that way. And also for the fact that here's a man that just wants to be loved. He That's wants to be, as you said. Yeah, he's not seen on par with the rest of the family. And this is his way, because he doesn't honestly think his father's going to go to prison. Yeah, he doesn't. No, yeah. he doesn't at all. It's just such a shock for him and the guilt eats him up so much as well that when the dad goes away for to prison for a year or so and and he he's they've basically told him if you do that don't worry about it daddy will be all right but you'll now be able to produce your designs we'll support yeah. you on that 
And of course, that's not how it goes. And it's really that you are right. That's really, really sad because they're getting to produce things. And I still remember there's the point where he's running like a fashion show and it's his wife, isn't it? Who's singing. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I I love that bit of music. I can't remember what it's called, but I can hear it playing in my head at the moment because just the range that that the, the singer has to have is phenomenal. And they're running the show and then basically the swooping don't they to serve notice on mm-hmm. him saying you, you, you can't you've copyright you know you've gone against the copyright of gucci which is obviously run by adam drivers uh you know he uh it, well it's it's the scheming of i mean let's be honest mauricio which is adam driver's character and patricia are both conniving they're not nice people i get the impression that maybe uh, mauricio was nice at one point and again you could level i guess what you've said that it's kind of like an obvious uh piece of you know the trope that you usually see which is the evil nasty woman has twisted him but i don't know i get the impression they could be as bad as each other but it's this moment where you do feel i feel very sorry for you know you see this big difference you know uh, Patricia Mauricio, you know, very obviously they, they are living wealthily. They have a nice mm-hmm. Bentley. And Paolo, you know, the character played by Jared Leto, turns up in a still a nice car, but a, an older, you know, 944 Porsche. Yeah, I thought, yeah, See? Porsche. <laughs> yep. Well, you thought of me, or. <laughs> No, I thought, oh, it's good. I thought, sorry, we have an expression over here when we get excited to see something. Oh, you. At, <laughs> I thought, great. I love Porsches. But yeah, well, the 944. Still, still that, a very nice Porsche. I mean, not just quite 911 quality, but still pretty damn good. But yes. Here's the thing his fashion show, I actually thought his fashion looked okay. Yeah. So did I. I it, yeah. Yeah. I did. And I, and I liked the way I thought it was actually really well done. The other thing about it was, at that point, I really finally appreciated seeing some fashion. Mm. That is the mm. one major feeling in the film for me, and that Halston really nailed. You've seen the fashion that he was working all the, all the way through. Now, admittedly, with Halston, you had the luxury of it being a TV series, so that you could go into that. We were able to watch his advertisements, and ridiculous as they were, but they were still just wonderful. And uh, But there was very little fashion in it. You had all this preamble before you got to the real part of the main story. And I think that was a waste. I think they should have brought in the fashion side of things. I wanted to know what they were fighting for. Yeah. Because the fashion was definitely very important. The name of Gucci and the products that it was making. And because at one point in Chinatown in New York, they're selling. I've actually been around there, around there years ago and bought Mm -hmm. a bought an illegal handbag i can't remember who it was by still have it somewhere and um into those those areas that they have the the fake goods and um and she's really reaching about that so the fashion Mm. and how it looked and and the quality was significant to the family but yet it plays such a small role in the film and I, i i do think that they missed out there I really do think they missed out. We've seen, we've seen Adam Driver has is wearing the belt, and we see the Gucci loafers at some point, and we some see see some of their soft luggage goods and their handbags, but we don't get real feel for what the Gucci look is, and a scarf that Jared Leto has to pee on. I think I think part of the problem is that 
when you talk about the fashion, it's almost slightly, you are right, it's almost slightly secondary in this, because like, the family's all over the show. And I guess if I'm, you gave me a, a flashback mentally, which is the fact that Patricia is basically, so, she, she goes to uh, Aldo, doesn't she, and says, my housekeeper's bought knockoff stuff. And he's going, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, look, people can't afford our, our products. They can get it. It's all right. Our stuff is our stuff. This is the way it'll be. And she insult, you know, she gets insulted because he says like, "No woman will make a decision about this." But I guess what happens with Patricia also is she says, "Right, you know, legally she works out she can go after people," which is again how she starts crushing other people. Um, but also her motivation. This is where you know Sam Hayek's character comes in, uh, who is. Uh, Pina Orima, I think is how you pronounce it. Oriama is how you pronounce a, a surname. Yeah, it's a weird one. <laughs> so it's Pina Oriama, uh, who is like, she's one of these weird, what I understand was kind of big in the 70s and certainly in the 80s of having somebody on TV who can like tell the future. Now, the question is, is she um, as complicit in everything that happens in this? Is she more the driving force in some respects because she kind of pushes Patricia to be doing all kind of manner of crazy things saying you know you will be this great important wonderful person it will all be about you then I mean fortune tellers are just despicable in my books anyway Mm -hmm. they take advantage either of the mentally ill the grieving or people that are just looking for something they they just they're great at cold reading people Mm -hmm. have a tendency whenever they go into these situations with Fortune tellers, no matter how they're doing it, whether it's tarot cards or tea leaves, whatever the hell it is, that they they can read the people very well. Now, mm-hmm. you can get some people who believe their own shit, but they're just mm-hmm. extremely good at quote reading the people that are sitting in front of them. But apparently they didn't. That's not how they actually met. That it was quite common to have a fortune teller at that time. It's quite common amongst the Italians, particularly in the 80s. Apparently, uh, the the, the hobby, he had one, and she met that woman at a ski resort on holiday. And it was just something that uh, she did on the side. It wasn't her main thing. But in, mm. the, in the film, you get the impression that it's they meet um, on, on a, one of those weird um, sort of almost live advertisements that they yes. used to have. Yeah. Where people could phone in and say, yeah. here's my money. Take, here, take my money and lie to me. So I don't know. I, I mean, to me, it's almost like she gets dragged into Patrizio's world. Mm. This is a woman who likes having a very famous friend. Um, mm-hmm. It's telling her what she needs to hear, but mm-hmm. but actually really likes her in the end. Yeah, I mean, you uh, kind of... Becomes her friend. I do find myself having sympathy for Patrizio in parts of this, because she's, she's not... Okay, she is not a nice person. As the film goes on, when we find out what she has done and what she did in real life and where it it left her, um, she's clearly not a good person. But I think the problem is no one in this film is in a good, is in a particularly good state. No, and you know, I've said this previously, I spoke to somebody about this, I spoke to Jim actually, I said, nobody comes out of this film well. Everyone's a mess in this film. There is no positive solution for anyone. It's also interesting, though, when you just going back to the fact that you said they met at a ski resort, we see a ski resort coming into this film later on. So what I find interesting is why we didn't see the meeting at the ski resort, what happened with the TV thing, but maybe just made for a better story to tell. Who knows? But they always say that, you know, if you're going to be done, you know, financially, 
you've got to be very careful what you do. You've always got to pay your taxes because it will come back and bite you on the bum. And it, in a sense, is it taxes that they got to, that, you know, basically, you know, the revenge from Paolo happens because if I, am I right thinking that he sets tax issues or some sort of financial thing against Patricia Maurizio? Well, I think what's happened is the, the inter- inference is that whenever the Jeremy Irons boy died, that he didn't sign the shares. You remember That's we were talking correct. about shares yes, earlier? Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I think the uh, sort of the hint is that she had actually forged his signature, or or Kylo Ren had forged his signature, uh, yes. one of the two. And then the the uh, financial investigators co- come after him. So kind of it's what happens to his uncle, but mm-hmm. his assistant tips him off, and he's able to meet one of his house staff outside. He brings his VFR 800 um, and off he goes to ride three hours to Switzerland, I think it is. And mm. I, I'd actually talked about this on the TV show. You did. I, I've about, seen. You, I wanted you to please tell me again yes. because. Hi, highly insulted I was. There he is. He comes out. He's on the run. He comes out. He's wearing his Gucci loafers and his big coat. And he mm. puts his lid on and his gloves. And Gucci loafers, I bear in mind, all you have is socks. Now, I've ridden in the snow. I know how fucking cold it is to ride in the snow. He rides three hours across to another country because the other country doesn't have an, ex- uh, an, uh, an extraction, you know, for with Italy. What, there's a name for that. An expedition gone. order. Is it expedition order or extradition? Extradition. Neither of us can form sentences. Now, no, <laughs> an expedition order. So no, they don't have normally, an extradition. I, I just want to say that normally Gemma's the one who mangles the, something. But Gemma, for you, I've done it without realising <laughs> I've done it. So It's a... Well, it's either Switzerland or Austria. I think it's Switzerland. I think it is Switzerland, he, yeah. I think it is. He rides three hours to Switzerland in his shoes. Yeah. In I, his see, fucking shoes. And he gets off, because I couldn't curse on the TV show because they're No. But he gets off the bike there and he just gets off the bike and hands the bike to somebody else to put away in the garage. And I'm thinking, you'd be fucking freezing. It's not, I mean, it's not <laughs> that he's got, you can get stuff now under your leathers or under your your winter cordures and stuff because the, the gears come a long way in 30 years mm. that actually is heated and even then wow. this, the coat it still is going to get through to your boots your motorcycle boots which are particularly set up and that you can buy waterproof ones for really bad weather and he gets mm. off like yeah I've just ridden five minutes down the road and uh, it's a piece of piss riding for three hours in the snow and I'm not cold at all. He wouldn't be, he'd have got there. <laughs> I know what it's like. He'd have got there and he wouldn't have been able to get off the bike. He'd have been sitting freezing, shaking away for a minute or two before he finally was able to swing his leg off the bike. Actually, I did notice that there was no symbol on the bike. So they must have had a sponsorship deal from Honda. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember watching the film and I thought, he, I th- well, my actual thought on the bike scenes, I remember, I still remember this, I thought, my God, he's uh, he's got some balls going out on a bike in that sort of weather. And I'm thinking yeah. that could be very... I kept thinking he could like lose control, fall off. But I do remember watching it. I honestly thought you could have thought, I wonder what John's going to make of this. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit scary. I've been lucky enough that I haven't ridden ice. It happened to me in Scotland about in May, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Any Scottish listeners will go, yeah, it's pretty typical. Up, up on the mountains a bit more. And... Uh, up, up above hmm, Fort Augustus 
think it's the Seven Sisters or whatever it is called up around there. And uh, we were riding down to, to Fort Augustus from, I think it was Inverness. We were riding down and it was cold. And the week that weekend, I think the highest it got to was six degrees. And it was like minus 15 at night. <laughs> I had to go to Primark to buy extra layers and all. And I was still freezing, but I could not have ridden three hours to Switzerland in deep snow and ice in a pair of Gucci loafers. I don't maybe a bit of special protective properties that I didn't appreciate and I need to tell my bagging friends that we, we've gone about this the wrong way, that we actually should just be wearing designer labels. And that that will actually be extremely good. And funny I mean the the thing that I wanted your take on the the um the bike. What I also found strange is when because obviously what happens is he leaves to uh to go and, and be um to, to well to not be arrested basically Marie too goes out to be arrested and he, he meets up with a lot of friends who you kind of think there'd be a bit more of a I mean I like don't get me wrong I like this film I know you did not but I did find it strange that he he um you, you never really sort of learn about the people he's friends with who were there apart from I think Polar who is I think probably a, a, a former flame um because his head is turned by her clearly, and he's he's away from his family in a very nice chalet sort of thing. The the thing that got me that I found interesting, but also made me chuckle, is you were concerned on the biking thing. I'm thinking, how the hell is a Bentley, which I think is a Type R, which is a rear wheel <laughs> drive car, going around in the snow without any problem? Now they may have stuck snow tires on it. I know Bentleys weigh a lot; they are very heavy vehicles. Um, but I found that very strange that they were driving around with so much ease in um, in a Bentley without hitting things. But maybe it's a weight and winter tires and just a good driver. Who knows? Just to take go off to the side about winter tires. I was flying mm. over to Destination Star Trek last month to London. Yes, today. And did. I, yes I, I, did. Yeah, I sat beside a guy who it turned out that he was he did work for the Met Office. Ah. Sort of audits their 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 various stations, and we have a couple over here, meteorology places, and he's been over. He was over here, but he was telling me that he lived in Germany, and in Germany, mm-hmm. you have to have you are yes. legally obliged to have winter tires, mm-hmm. and the winter tires are uh, uh, smaller, you know, so the thinner radius, so mm-hmm. there's there's less to go <laughs> sliding sideways, and uh, he said that the difference was unbelievable you could genuinely drive in the snow mm-hmm. and he still can't get over in the and you have to have them you, yeah. you, you store them over the summer and then you're legally you obliged to put them on in, in the winter and if you cause an accident your insurance doesn't cover you if you don't have the correct tires on mm-hmm. so it might be he certainly sold it to me anyway by the time i got off the aircraft i thought winter tires are a really good idea but he says it was incredible the, the conditions he was able to drive in mm-hmm. so maybe maybe same thing but yeah, there there was definitely taking liberties with vehicles in this in this film. To be fair, that would make a lot of sense that they are treating it, it properly in the way they're driving. I well, don't worry, we're coming out of car corner in a minute, salty tab bowls. But I'd uh, I looked into getting winter tires for my Audi, but the problem is that my alloys are that big that I can't. They don't actually make them for it. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> you do, they need to be they need to not have the same width as the tires to make them effective. So my drug dealing alloy wheel setup 
means that I cannot rolling have... Yeah, it, yeah <laughs> rolling into a tree, more likely, into a field. But the, the way I deal with this when there's bad snow is I just don't take the car out. <laughs> so... <laughs> But who knows, in the future, because we, we we are going to discuss cars just for a second, I love the fact that Joanne is very similar to me in the fact she loves Porsche, because I would love to get a Porsche at some point. I also would like an old Bentley. So if I ever am lucky enough to get either of these vehicles in my life, I will maybe be able to tr- see what the, uh, the driving experience in snow is like, or probably more than likely I'll just crap myself on the idea of going out and damaging the vehicles and go nowhere in them. Um, I have to say, don't go for a Boxster. Absolutely. Yeah, we discussed that. I bet the yes. now, come on, Salty Tadpole's hang on in there because this is the important thing because if you, we are doing you a service. If you want to buy a vehicle like the, either of these, John and I attested. So you weren't impressed by the Boxster? Wasn't impressed. No, nope. we went to go and see a, a Boxster. I always wanted a Porsche. A Porsche, mm-hmm. I suppose I should say. Thought, well, Boxster gets a great ride up. Some of the YouTube videos were very good. Got into it, could see fuck all behind. Ah. Because there, there's no visibility in it at all. You're sitting down low, fair enough, but there's no visibility. So we were in it and because we were test driving one, the other half. And uh, and he says, what's out the side? I went, I don't know, because I can't see anything. <laughs> And I'm actually completely unnerved. And then we, <laughs> then we got lost trying to leave the car back as well. And the guy thought we'd stolen it, but that's a whole other story. Uh, well, um, you, it wouldn't be so I, bad, but we both forgot our phone. I left my phone oh. in the car, and he left his phone in the car as well. Well, I'd like to have the when we come off the recording, I'd like to if that it's at all possible to hear the full story behind that one because it. Well, that's actually pretty much it. Actually, to be honest, uh, we got lost on the way back to this <laughs> Oh well. That's it. And he panicked. Ah, well, I'm going to use the Joanne litmus test for if I do ever get to get a Porsche. Um, As the the midlife crisis for me is fast approaching, so it might happen. Um, (laughs) Get a motorbike. um, They're more fun. No, I'll be I'll be dead. I might as well just throw myself in front of fast moving heavy goods vehicles rather than buy a motorbike. It would be the cheaper and quicker option to 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 create my demise. But we've digressed. Um, so uh, to stop the extradition order, as I can now speak <laughs> correct language, uh, Joanne has reminded me, and Gemma will be laughing listening to that portion. The the head has been turned by uh, somebody else for you know for. Adam Driver's character, an interesting, you know, so uh, it's actually Paola Franchi, uh, Franchi, Franchi, I believe this pronunciation has turned the head of uh, uh, our erstwhile leading man. Um, and interestingly, you know, Patricia has worked out there is an issue here. She's tried to join Mauricio to 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 get happy families, but she can see what's happening because I love, and I love, love this scene. I loved it in the trailer where she basically starts saying, do you know about ownership? Yes. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, sort of like, I basically, you know, do you know about stealing from somebody? I've taught my child all about this and Paula gets the threat, doesn't she? But it's that. Oh, she doesn't laugh. It's the coffee thing. It's where she's there with her uh, espresso, one of my favourite coffees, and she's going, you know, I don't, was it, I, I'm not like a, a violent person, but I don't, you know, was it, I don't subscribe to uh, uh, conventional punishment. <laughs> well, I, I think she's probably thought, my husband and this woman, they have unusual noses. Therefore, they'll probably want to have an affair. I think that whenever they met on the, on the piste, 
I think mm-hmm. their their noses met across a crowded room, and that was it. They were destined to be together. Interesting enough, I thought there was more believable chemistry mm-hmm. between those two characters. Um, I can't remember his name. What he, what he was his fucking Spanish or Spanish? Oh my goodness, Italian name. Um, uh, <laughs> Mauricio. <laughs> Mauricio. I thought there was more chemistry between Mauricio and the blonde one. Than there was between Mauricio and Patricio. I'm just going to start talking, naming spaghettis for flip's sake here. That's really gone. Just to be absolutely insulting because I can't get anybody's name right. The the thing I found interesting on Paola, the the actress playing the part, did she? This could be me. This is not. If anyone takes offence to this, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just an observation from a confused. not completely healthy man like myself. Did she make you think of Princess Diana a little bit? Or is that just me? Um, no, but I could see maybe where you're coming from because she had this sort of, um, this slightly coy, out through the eyelashes bit. But I was thinking visually, I could see a bit, you know, the way she looked facially. But maybe it's just me. Maybe across the eyes, not the nose. Definitely not the nose. Must be the eyes then. But I think it might be the might be the eyes. Moving on. So things have shit got real as they say. So <laughs> Patricia's basically been sort of like pushed out the door. And Mauricio has basically he's got his bit on the side and he is trying to find now it's, I found this interesting, he's trying to find people to invest more. Uh, Gucci and the shoes become apparent as one would always suspect because Gucci are known for their shoes and their handbags and he's basically saying to, to one of the investors from an outside company, uh, which does get interesting on the reality of this film. He's saying basically um, these this are the sort of wonderful products we've got. So they're all living the high life, everything's great and we cut to the unfortunate sad reality of seeing a freshly or reasonably freshly uh, released Aldo from prison uh, where he meets Paolo in uh, an airport. It's pretty, to me, it's quite a sad situation. It's quite a, well, it's it's not, it's, it's your heart does not swell, your heart hits your shoes because to me, they're, they're both in a mess. They can't find the car in the car park and it's just, they have, they've gone from the lofty heights to basic failure living in some weird house but what i think getting that scene is this strange obsession that um leto's character has about discussing the fact that he can't go to the loop i've forgotten about that <laughs> and i don't understand what that was about at all it made no sense to me no that's probably why i forgot all about it the very vague memories of that bit because the whole scene was it was uncomfortable to watch it, it, i find it yeah. really a bit Ooh, I'm not really enjoying this because how the mighty have fallen. Exactly. And I'm not, and because I still felt sorry for Pablo, the dad, yeah. you know, was just a bit of a bastard. And and I thought it was, it was just that extremely feeling of intense sadness whenever you seen that particular, you know, those images and 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 how the son still really wanted to make it up to the dad and how the guilt mm-hmm. was killing him and. And the dad was literally just hanging on by his fingernails, probably to his own insanity after having spent all that time in prison. So, no, it was it, it was uncomfortable viewing. It was. And it was also this thing where, and I, I've gathered it isn't too realistic with Leto's characterization on the weird clothing, 
but everyone being of Gucci has a style to them. But he wears like weird, he wears some very strange colored suits to the style, and he's wearing like um, shell suits, which I guess is just a way of showing the the, the mess he's using. So I think it's his wife left him, and it's everything's just gone horribly wrong. And then they get brought into a meeting with the, the other kind of like shareholders of the Gucci company who basically force his hand um, to buy them out. But it also looks quite interesting around, again, the shoes, because it's obviously a very unique pair of shoes that are handed over to them. Um, they have real lineage. And my memory serves me. Pacino's character is trying to give them shoes as well. And they're sort of saying, well, it's of no consequence. We've already got things off, uh, you know, driver's character. And that is a sad scene because basically they've just been forced into giving away their ownership of the company, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Um, Which again ties into the comment I made about nobody comes out this well. No, I mean, although he's trying to explain that those shoes practically bankrupt him when he was making them because he was putting real gold into them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he recognized he recognized the shoes that the investor was wearing because mm-hmm. they had been a gift from um again I've forgotten his name I'm just gonna call him Kylo Ren they had been a gift from Kylo Ren and uh, he was still he was proudly oh look at me I we love Gucci so much I've got a pair of these shoes and although he recognized them oh yes I remember those sir if you lift the if you lift the insole it's it's got real gold in it and it was very expensive to make and. You know, it that it was a real love, and then he realizes that um, Kylo Ren is actually the, the the one in the background negotiating this deal with these new investors, yeah. and yeah. company's effectively taken. I mean, he's a broken man. By the time he signs that, yeah. he's just broke, yeah. both financially and just physically and mentally. That's it. He's just he can't do it anymore. He knows he's lost, and and the fight has just gone from him. It, it's almost like when he finally agrees to sign the papers, he's almost like saying, you know, well, good luck with it, but F you. You know, you've dis- this is mm-hmm. a family. You've destroyed this family. And what's a really interesting point? So actually, going back to your comment about how unfairly the characterization may be when we're looking at um, Patricia, she's seen as the Black Widow, the nasty piece of work, the one who creates the monster with Mauricio. But if you look at Mauricio, he turns into this point, and maybe it is her influence, but I'm trying to give, I'm trying to look at him as well. He goes, if you think of the star, he's like, I'm not interested in the fame. I'm not interested in the wonderful clothing, the money. I'll, I love Patricia. I will work at cleaning wagons at her family business. And at this point in the film, there's this turn because he's, he's become obsessed by money. He's obsessed by his image. He is basically driven by, um, it almost like he doesn't give a toss about the company. All he wants to do is keep creating as much funding for himself. You see him in, I think it's a Lamborghini, and it's even yeah, highlighted it's later. Beautiful. It's even highlighted later on in the film that, like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Your lifestyle's bonkers. This is screwing the company over. But mm-hmm. what we see going from there, and I, this, I do remember this scene sticking in my head is when Patricia goes to to try and get him to come back to her. And she's saying, you know, the children miss you. I miss you. She even shows him pictures saying, look at these things. Look at the, the what we've got here. And he's just horrendous to her. Yeah. Truly horrendous. Now, the question I would be interested, Joanne, because I'm talking too much and I want to ask you <laughs> this, because you are my, 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 as, as my comment in my 
podcast bit on the side, which is a word you use, which cracks me up. Um, it, we're, a, we're a family podcast. I have a wife and a mistress, so don't ever think anything. No kids. Like. No, no kids. kids. Well, I'm not the father anyway. Just <laughs> It's all good, clean fun. So it's family, wife, mistress. The father, son, house of Gucci. Yeah, yeah I'm not that, that I loved. That and I've gathered that was it. Yeah, the father, son, house of Gucci was um, oh, actually brilliant. something which was supposedly Gaga uh, did it. Did it was like spur of the moment thing. It wasn't scripted. But going back to the scene, I feel incredibly sorry for her because she is broken. And I think she legitimately does love him and want him back. And mm-hmm. he just is like, "You're making a fool of yourself." You do, you know, you just yeah. make a fool of I don't love you. I'm not interested. And that's a that's a tough watch. I feel that's quite a tough watch because I do really feel for it at that point. Yeah, it's another uncomfortable scene. And this is the unfortunate bit, bit about the movie. They just, if they had stopped dicking about for a good hour and a half, mm-hmm. I'd tightened the script away down and concentrated on the really juicy stuff. And they could still could have brought in the history of the family. They could have just done it so much better. I mean, we'd have seen a, a big bull at one point. I thought, mm. this is just, Patricia is trying to establish a relationship with Aldo. Mm-hmm. But it's just, there's too much cleverness for its own good, I think, that made it suffer. That by now, this should have been, you really should have been building up the tension by now. Yes. That instead, it was just moments of intense sadness, uncomfortable scenes. And no fashion. Yeah, and you kind of, you see around this point, I mean, I was going to say the juicy scene for me was the the scene in the uh, the beauty spa, the mud baths, but that's just me uh, and my filthy, perverse mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of, to, for those who haven't seen, have a clue what the hell we're discussing about, it's when basically you've got Lady Gaga and Salma Hayek in a mud bath, Uh yeah, it did. It did a lot for me that for various reasons. But I digress. Um, it's it's kind of like at that point where you really do see that uh, you know Patricia's gone full on batshit crazy. I feel that she's oh, mental like, by now. She's thrown all sort of like I'm going to try and get him back. I am the scorned woman now. I'm going to. I'm gonna. I am going to get them. Because I can't remember, she been she might have been like around the time she was served divorce papers, um, and or she certainly took see the writing on the wall, and she decides to take the situation from uh, what probably most normal people would would want to try and resolve it with, you know, getting the person back, and I guess if you had to legal means to uh, take it to a whole new level, which is spoiler alert. Let's hire some hitmen. Sorry, let's be more precise. Let's hire some really bloody inept hitmen. Um, but what I also thought, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this from a fashion perspective, darling. Uh, what did you make of the way they were dressed when they were hiring them? <laughs> yeah, it was like a couple of, it was like a couple of millies from East Belfast somewhere, which will not make any many sense to anybody. Probably listen, the majority of people listen to this. They were just well, like a couple of. Just, just let me buy your John. I'm hosting with him. It makes no sense to me. What <laughs> no. the hell is that millie? A millie is. Um, <laughs> I know it's a, it's a key and it's a local expression here. A millie is. Um, it's a, it's a hard woman uh, ah, who's not terribly yes. well dressed and right. possibly slightly, somewhat impoverished. Um, 
uh, the lower classes, darling. Uh, so she would be she's she's a Millie and uh, they'd be quite rough, rough by very, very rough by nature and dressed quite, quite weirdly. Well, no, not quite weirdly. I'm trying to explain how do you explain what a Millie is? <laughs> yes. Yeah, a Millie is somebody who is from the working class and um, maybe doesn't have the best of fashion, but would have okay. fashion that would maybe try and reflect the really good stuff. Uh, but they're hard as nails and they do your knees. Because <laughs> the thing is, I was trying to work out, because I remember watching this thinking, good God, they seem look rough. And I was trying to work out, uh, are they meant to be like life has hammered them down a bit uh, and things are getting really bad? Or were they just trying to disguise themselves? No idea. It was such it was such a weird these scenes. And, and I mean, you, you were you wanted to crack one off over the mud bath scene. And I just <laughs> I just sat and watched what's going on. What the fuck is going on here? Uh, why? Because they're just I, I couldn't understand how she was able to talk her friend into or. Somebody talks somebody into, yes, let's hire some hitmen and mm. then let's go and find these really quite surreal guys. And I thought by this time, you, she must be completely out of her tree. She must have money somewhere that she could afford professionals. They were basically just, well, they both of them sort of just said to them, basically, like, here's the money. Um, if memory serves me, it's like they, they were trying to hag on the price and she's going, no, basically, this is the price. This is what we'll pay you. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. they made them increase it to make it like quick, you know, to try and make it a certain way. They're like, basically, don't mess it up. Just do it. Uh, yeah, they wanted more money so that they could have time to watch them, to establish a routine probably and to work yeah. out a better better way to, to get away with it. Yeah, because yeah, they were, yeah, they, they, they almost wanted to add a level of professionalism to it, I guess, to, to mm-hmm. do it. And they're just going, no, we just want it done. But in the actual Gucci situation, things as, as a business has changed dramatically so they bring tom ford in who actually manages to shake them up and make them more relevant as a business because the scene has been quite old-fashioned um and they're at a fashion show uh, adam driver and other people and he has like some silver i assume he's just had like a vision of something that isn't happening um where he thinks he sees uh, patricia there but she's obviously not and then he goes back to watching the fashion show but I will take my hat off. I know that Tom Ford has been um, less than complimentary about the way he's portraying this. But I think Reeve Carney, who I actually know initially from uh, the brilliant Penny Dreadful series, was actually really good in this. I liked his take on uh, Tom Ford, and I could believe he was meant to be Tom Ford. Um, yeah, I thought, I he, fa- thought he did a good job. No, I think I think actually that company, that takeover company, had already bought Maurice out. Though mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he wasn't there when Tom Ford. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's all. It looks like uh, that that they shafted him after getting after he had organised for Tom Ford to come in and and Tom saves the company, but it it's actually that happens after the buyout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the portrayal of Tom Ford was very positive, which I'm probably glad for him because he's still he's still alive, and yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure he probably went in thinking, oh my good grief, how are they going to portray me in this? Well, I mean, what could have been very interesting is Tom Ford does make films um, as well as, you know, the face fashion uh, lines. And it would have been very interesting to actually see how this film would have gone if a director who was involved in fashion um, had, yes. had, had made it. That, I think, could have been quite interesting. I mean, Yeah, film, I'd love to have seen that. The, the film then makes an interesting jump because 
and this is not well. I'll I'll discuss this shortly. And I'd like to hear what your take on it as well. But so the hitmen have been hired, and the film doesn't follow a. And I was reminded of this when I spoke to Jim that the film doesn't really sort of that parts of it are linear to a degree, but the way the film opens is we're seeing a day in the life of you know Adam Driver's character, and we see him more towards what would be the end of the film. So we see, um, you know, Mauricio, he's on his bike, he's cycling, he seems reasonably happy, and he gets to his destination of work or wherever it is. I think it might be his hotel, actually, or where other flats he lives in or whatever. Yeah, I think it's his home, yep. Yeah, his apartment. Uh, And he gets shot by one of the assassins, as does, unfortunately, the poor doorman who's done nothing. He tries to go out and resolve it Mm -hmm. with a baseball bat and... He gets gunned down on 40 as well. And then it cuts to, we're seeing the, re- the response from Patricia, who is obviously very upset. She, she obviously's the idea is that she's she's aware of what, what what has happened, that the plan she put in place has gone into motion. And she is then seen going to what would have been, I guess, her family home, because she's still married to him at this point. Uh, she'll, yep. They've not divorced. And she goes to the, the, the new woman is shown to, to, to hug her and emotionally um, try and be at one with her on the awfulness of the situation, then it, it changes dramatically, doesn't it, John? It was actually that that scene was very good because I thought, mm. oh my goodness, she's so she's so on empathy. This is the first time we've really seen this character display empathy, and I almost thought for it was her way of her passing on her guilt. I feel guilty here at the moment. I'm sure I'm sharing empathy with you. Okay, I've done that empathetic bit, therefore I've got rid of my guilt. There we go. Out the fuck. You don't live here anymore. Yeah. This is my home. She throws her uh, out. Yeah, that's so that that was almost like I had guilt for doing it. Now my guilt's okay now. My hands are clean. And you see her settling into the into the what will be her home. But the strangest thing is just the sudden and this is you see the outcome of what what happens that she's that I mean as I said it, the film takes a shift you see pretty much everybody has died uh, out of the family um, Gucci as a company you know went under different leadership became a public listed company and became very big from what I can remember you, the film has gone from she's in the house she's she's now the queen of all she surveys and then it suddenly jumps to a court scene and tells us what's happening there. And she's, I mean, she does ask the, the thing that I think you're trying to see how tough she is. is she says, like, I wish to be known as Mrs. Gucci to be dressed as Mrs. Gucci. And it shows that they're all, how the sentence is. And then to show the future, the, the sad situation where just everybody's died, uh, is taking over shots of the actors. Uh, they mentioned that, you know, the house of Gucci or the company Gucci, sorry, uh, went public it's played over just scenes with thing, with writing over it, and it seems like a very rushed end to me. It does, doesn't it? It's it's very... I mean, dear good grief, the amount of shit they could have caught out to, mm. to make a proper end. This film, this film really needs to be recut. Yes. I, I think there's potentially a good movie in there. Mm-hmm. It may be that I would have found it more comfortable to watch as a TV series, that I would have mm. been willing to spend that time... But really, by the time I got to the end of it, I thought, this is never going to finish. I, I am here forever. I'm in a parallel dimension where I'm possibly in purgatory. It turns out hell does exist <laughs> after all. And unfortunately, it's not my man Satan running it. It's the House of Gucci. 
And well, I'm going to have to watch Ridley this Scott. now. Or Ridley Scott. Or Ridley Scott. Oh, God. And it just fact, it went on and on. But yeah, you if you read director's cut, usually a director's yeah. cut is something you think, great, you're going to get 20 minutes somewhere. Or our favourite um, Justice League, we got an extra four hours or whatever the hell it was. It was brilliant. And th- that's worthwhile waiting for. But this, holy fuck, you, you need a reverse director's cut with this. I'll tell you what's interesting is that um, I believe there is another cut coming along. I think there is a director's cut in the offing. What I have always felt with this film, and I'm very intrigued to see how you feel on this, is the fact that it felt... I know you, I liked it, and I could watch it and I enjoyed it, but I am... Whenever I do a review, I like to try and look at the positives and the negatives of a film, and I'm hoping I've done that past with you as well. Oh, yes. Um, it felt like a TV movie to me. That's a very good point. Yes, it was like an expensive TV movie. And there's already a fantastic cut out there of it, and that's the trailer. Yeah. The trailer's no, brilliant. Yeah. What it Trailer's did not feel like, what it did not feel like to me, because to be fair, I got the Holston, I think I may mention this when I discussed it on Bantaflakes, but the vibe I got is this. The, the way you and I both kind of approach this, and if I'm wrong, speaking on your behalf wrong, please tell me, which is we saw a trailer Holston and this, and there was a similar thing. It was very much, you got an 80s or certainly 70s to 80s vibe, which was evident with them both, and you got an excellent piece of music that grabbed your attention in the trailer made you think, wow, this is going to be something big. Um, the problem you had, it's going to be on a smaller scale with uh, Holston, because it's a miniseries, but when you looked at this film, you looked at the way it was pushed on the, the trailer with you know, pretty much all Academy Award winners or nominated people in the cast, it feels like it should have been a much bigger magnitude piece than it was. And I liked it, but I felt it could have worked as a TV piece or to work better as a TV uh, miniseries. Yep, uh, it was too self-indulgent. It really was too self-indulgent. Um, there should have been somebody in there hacking and slashing their way through that storyline. So much of that could have been cut out. It wasn't relevant. It, it blew. I mean, that must have been the scandal of the of the eighties, mm. or whenever it was that, uh, that uh, 90s. he was shot. Nineties. I, I think he was. I think he was shot around the nineties. Uh, they. I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, it, it must have been a huge, huge, major scandal, and it just felt. It felt wasted. The film felt wasted. What What would have been? I'm, I'm wondering actually what the book's like because. My guess, if the book and the film are exactly the same, I'm really hoping the book is much better written, because that that that's a genuinely fascinating story that a family rips itself apart so much. One mm. gets done for IRS, one goes on. I be very careful when you say the word IR over here. They get it right. I, yes, yeah. I, I was thinking that. I was just thinking yeah, so that. Yes, yeah, it's IRS, didn't it? Yeah. So one gets nobbled by the IRS. Uh, there's financial implications for the son. Uh, there's the buyout. There's, there's. It was the 80s. It was the 90s. There's all this sexy stuff. There's scandal. There's affairs, and it just felt dull. Mm. I, I, I mean, I, I obviously liked this film a lot more than you. I really did enjoy it. But the faults I see is that with so much build-up, what, what the hell was the end? You've yes. come to this amazing important thing where he has been murdered. People have 
all had. I mean, because it was, it was. I just remember sitting watching the end of it, thinking, "So that's how you're going to finalise it. That's how you're going to finish this." And I felt sad. I'm going to be honest. I felt sad at the end of it because I just thought, "No one's come out this well. Not a single person has come out this well. There's been no success, other than say the Gucci company. There has been no success for a single person. You've had." Death upon death upon death. Someone's in prison. It's not a nice film to watch. It's quite a tragic film to watch. But the interesting thing I learned um, is this. Strangely, when a film is made, invariably, the people, the actors in it, are generally a lot better looking than the people they are playing. The reality, I'm afraid to say, for this film is it's the other way around. Really? If you look at them, oh. there are... There are the, the the men were generally handsome, the women were beautiful. Now I'm not knocking Lady Gaga; I think she's attractive, and she looked pretty close to the character. Yeah, the same photograph. Yeah, I thought she she probably looked about the closest. And they're pretty, but the other people. No offense to Mr. Driver, the chappy you portrayed was far more handsome than you are, and it was again, yeah. If you just have a look, and I'd say this for anybody else, have a look for who the real people are. Uh, and the, yeah, certainly for Leto. But, but I think the thing with Leto's character is they wanted to make him. Leto is a handsome guy, so I think what they wanted to do was make him look as different from how he normally looks to stand out. And I think that definitely gave the 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 man he plays, certainly on appearance and of gather personality, a real disservice. Yeah, I mean, could, could you imagine talk, going back to reshooting or recutting this film again? Could you imagine if it had have been him on the run? Meet, meeting uh, Maurizio, meeting the mm. girl. Then, then there's acrimonious you know, shenanigans between Patrizia and Maurizio, and and they they start there, and mm. then she has him killed. That's her reason. Mm. She has him killed. So that's really in the forefront of your mind. It's because mm-hmm. she's the scorned woman, and she was she supported him all those years as well. What whatever mm. way you look at it, in her head, it's support. And then she has him killed. And then there's the police investigation afterwards, pinning that yeah. on her. That that yeah. whole section there, that should have been that movie to take yeah. her up to whenever she was done. And the effect on the daughters, because they actually had two daughters. Because you mm-hmm. only th- I only thought they'd one, and I looked it up. So there was that film didn't start where it should have done. They had all this bloody diatribe going on beforehand, whereas the real story was how was she done? That's what I wanted to know. How did they find yeah. out it was her in the end? Yeah, it was that's two it. years before she was done. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I I felt about it. It could have been put in such a better order to make it a more entertaining piece. I think if mm-hmm. it if it well, I just think uh, reordering it would have worked better. So maybe this is one of the things I, I will be intrigued to see what the director's cut is. If there, uh, I'm sure I believe there is one coming, um, and it would be very interesting to see how that that would play out. Um, so I feel I enjoyed this film more than you did. Uh, I already kind of know that from things I've seen you mention already. <laughs> I, But I can see the faults in it. So I'm going to say, what would you give it out of five? But because you know I love you, you can give it a mark out of ten. It's good well, either way. My mark out of ten and my mark out of five, well, I suppose Pro Rata would be less right enough than if it was out of ten. But let's just say I would give it two. Wow, on both. On both. Oh, <laughs> oh, out of dear, 10. Oh, that dear. comes across as even worse, but I would give it a two. I wow. think this, this, I think as well, I'm even harder on this because I loved Halston so much. I fell in love with Halston. I fell in love with the character. I wanted to know more about his designs. Mm. I, I, 
you you lived through his ups and downs. And there's times where he was really not a very good person, especially when he was off his tits and cocaine, which is really funny. But it must have been terrible for everybody around him and the friendships that he'd lost. But I was invested in his story. I had no investment in this at all. This just was like a punishment beating. I thought it was never going to end. I, I mean, I can see what you mean on the fact that it, it, you don't get invested in the people. You don't feel you can buy into their world. Now, I would give it probably a three out of five. Um, I might be able to give it more if there is another cut, even if it's a longer film that gives you a bit more meat on the bones. Um, and I liked it, and I'm not detracting from it. I was intrigued watching it, but I just feel there could have been more to it. Um, but an interesting side note, the Gucci company is now owned. There's no one involved from the Gucci family with it. It's owned as like one of these large private equity things, I think, owned by several firms. And who is one of the people who uh, who has real ownership over all this, along with other firms? Salma Hayek's husband. Really? <laughs> yep. Wow. He's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He owns lots of different companies. But falling in there is the Gucci company. That's extraordinary. Mm, it all comes full circle. <laughs> I wonder is one of the snakes that she had round, round her waist that time and from dusk till dawn, now a handbag? Well, if she hates snakes, it's certainly possible. Yeah. Oh, what an image that was whenever she came out. Glorious, Hot glorious damn. woman. Hot damn. <laughs> yeah. My stepdad so, would watch that film an awful lot, and I think I know why. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't possibly imagine. It could be for the same reason that I really enjoyed the the mud bath scene. But yes, I think that basically we've been talking of codswallop, um, celluloid codswallop. Uh, I think I'm going to go need to have a lie down in a cold, dark room. Uh, <laughs> You're just going to go off and lick mud off some women, aren't you? Some older women. <laughs> Damn, you've read my mind. So and there must be something in that mud. Absolutely. So on that bombshell, we have definitely been talking of Sully like Codswallop. I am indebted as ever to you, Joanne, for joining me to do this review. And I, um, grazie, grazie. I, yeah, I hope you have had an, uh, an enjoyable time and it's wonderful having you back on. It's wonderful uh, we to be back on doing uh, the, the normal talking Codswallop that I did with uh, Gemma that will be coming out or may have already come out. Who knows? Do 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 do. Time tunnel time. But yes, thank you for this. I hope you've all enjoyed the review. We have been talking of celluloid cods wallop as ever. Uh, I am James. I'm Joanne. Ciao, Bella. Have a week, everyone, and stay safe. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>